Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are, are presented by Belly Up Sports and associated with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and to my right, there we go. I got it. I'm starting to get the hang of this. You're getting it. Is my co-host and and yeah, my co-host. <laughs> I don't have anything clever <laughs> to introduce <laughs> this week. Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing tonight, bud? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm ready to launch out the gate at 22 miles per hour, which is uh, Kenneth Walker's the third top speed on that big rush in the Seahawks game. But we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to. I, I just uh, we uh, had a snag, snag in the uh, recording this week. I had a I had a family emergency to attend to. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything That's is uh, is uh, hunky dunky. But uh, I'm excited to get recording because we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, but in the meantime, let me go ahead and remind you about our social channels on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, and on YouTube. If you're watching on either Facebook or YouTube, give us a, give us a like. And if you're on if uh, you're on Facebook, give us a follow. If you're on YouTube, also look look for no credentials required. Subscribe. We're up to 97 subscribers. We're almost at the century mark. Hey, close. here we go. If here we haven't go. subscribed, we gotta, can we get to the century mark before Halloween? Let's yeah, see. I'm making it my mission. Hey, we, yeah. hey, I might I might try to find some candy to give away too. So, <laughs> <laughs> if we get to the century mark, you might get some. You might be in the drawing for getting some candy. Uh, but yeah, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. Also, give us a like if you're watching. And on the podcast side, if you're listening on the audio side, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Spreaker, Spreaker is our home base, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, basically any platform that you can think of. You can subscribe to the podcast. Also, rate and review. Five stars is the preferred Number of stars to give. If you leave a review, I might even read it on the air. Also, feel free to comment in our in our uh, in either our Facebook side or on YouTube side because we love we love it when you give us an algorithmic engagement comment. Oh, that's one might, of my favorite we, parts. Oh yeah, I'll, <laughs> I mean, I am I am uh, turning off my cell phone, putting it on mute. 
but yeah, I you know, I love that. I've been waiting all week to hear that harp. So uh, hear that chime. So I'm going to play it again. It's just, just a great chime. One more time. One more time. Yeah. So if you're watching out there, uh, whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube, leave us a comment while you're watching. Engage with us. Engage with us. We got a lot to talk about this week. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about mainly the NFL week seven. We're going to wrap things up there. A lot of interesting things happened this week. And we're also going to do a little post-mortem on the New York Yankees, the very sad, didn't put up a fight New York Yankees. So yeah, let's, but first let's get into NFL week seven. We're going to start with, you know, it's a very, is a very interesting week in the NFL week seven. Uh, This is typically when you start to see a separation between all the teams and divisions. Who's the best, who's the best teams in their division which teams are going to be out of the running, which teams are in the running for a playoff spot or the division. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on this week, Dustin. So we got to, we got to get into it. Yeah. And, and just as a quick aside, it's funny that you mentioned that because as I was watching the games, I was thinking to myself that no team, there are, there are good teams and we're starting to see who they are, but normally by now there's, there, there are teams that are, far and away better than most teams. And I'm not really getting a sense. There are some teams that are performing well, but I'm not getting like this, like the year the Colts were 13 and three, you knew they were ahead of everybody and uh, certain things like that. And there doesn't seem to be any team that's really jumping out. There's, there's a few teams that are doing very well and you're just kind of like, well, maybe they could do it. Maybe they could do it. Maybe, you know, the giants and jets appear to be, somewhat for real it's a very interesting season to start and that actually is is music to my ears when you said the new york jets could be real because <laughs> but in the mean but in the meantime let's get into our typical weekly subjects and we're going to start with our biggest upset dustin i want to hear who you thought the biggest upset of week seven was well for me and this one it's not so much it's not so much that I thought the team that got upset was so good. I just think it was the most shocking upset of the week. And I have to go with what I assume. I haven't really watched much this week, but I assume most of the mainstream media is talking about it. It's got to be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers losing to the Carolina Panthers, the a Carolina Panthers team that everybody said, oh, it's a fire sale in Carolina. They're not even trying. They traded away their best offensive player this week. Robbie Moore also was shipped out. There was a coaching change. Give it, give props to Steve Wilkes, and I believe that they are only, with that victory, as bad as it's been in Carolina, they are only a game out of first place, which shows the state of the rest of that division. But the Carolina defense held Tampa Bay mostly in check during this game. And they just and the offense looks somewhat competent. Uh, you know, DJ Moore, he actually caught a touchdown, which is something we haven't seen in forever. And uh, the, the running backs were serviceable enough. They're never going to replace uh, Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, you can't. But, I mean, unbelievable performance by Steve Wilkes and the crew there. Everyone counted them out, and they came out. And I will comment just as a quick uh, point about Tampa Bay. They missed that wide-open touchdown to Mike Evans to start the game. Oh, that was brutal. That 
that drop and that that seemed to have deflated the team, you know, uh, right from the outset. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a brutal game if you're if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you got to be thinking in this game if you're a Buccaneers fan if you're watching how low have things sunk this year because this was the year you're you're kind of excited to see what what was happening with the team uh, Tom Brady's coming Tom Brady's back you don't have to go to either Blaine Gabbert or uh, Kyle <laughs> Trask as your yeah. starting quarterback yeah uh, you had most of you retained most of the guys you had from the previous two years but this Tampa Bay offense is just it's terrible yeah it's terrible yeah. It, it really is, and, and sometimes – and you have to start wondering, and I have no I, – I, Tom Bowles seems like a great guy. Uh, he's got a lot of coaching experience. Um, Byron Lefwich. But the Carolina Panthers are actually an example of what a personnel change can do, and it's, and it's early to, uh, to uh, tell, but from what I understand, Bob McAdoo was handling a lot of, handling a lot of the offensive – play calling duties with Matt rule gone. And Mm -hmm. dare I say the offense looked somewhat competent. Now we'll have to see if this is just a byproduct of they were motivated. They caught fire and Tampa Bay is just so down, but you have to wonder if maybe a shuffle would do, would do some good. Maybe Todd Bowles takes over some play calling from, from Byron Lefwich, but something, something is definitely off there. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Not all as well in Tampa Bay, but yeah, the, the, with the fact that the Panthers, with all the turmoil they've had between all the turnover and quarterbacks, between Robbie Anderson having a temper tantrum on the sideline the week before, yes, and his summarily being shipped out almost not even 24 hours later, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of tells you what's going on in Carolina. But they had a lot of fight in them this 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 past Sunday, and and it was good to see. It was. Nice to see an upset. I believe you know all 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 those Carolina Panther fans wondering what could have been. I know Dustin, you had them as uh, one of your wild cards, <laughs> and I yeah. hate to remind you yeah. of that, but I kind of have to. I kind of we, my- we're all about accountability and no credentials required. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will own up to my terrible picks, but hey, so far some of my football picks are not as bad as my baseball payoff playoff picks. Yeesh. And I will say this in our in our in our GNO league, I've lost five in a row. But in the Godzilla Media Fantasy Fantasy Football League, I'm still in first place with an unbeaten undefeated record. Oh, so wow. go go mustache rides! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my team in the mustache rides. Um, yeah, and my biggest upset, uh, Dust and I, I went with your Seattle Seahawks over the Tim- over the uh, San Diego Chargers. Uh, yes, I said San Diego. I don't care. <laughs> we, that's come at happen. me. Yeah, come at me. <laughs> uh, but I had them. I had them. You know, it's funny. Like you think at the beginning of the season with the the trade of Russell Wilson, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him a little bit later in the show. Uh, how he's the uh, part of my part of my English, but he's the shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite literally. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's the beginning of the season. Seattle trades Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. They pick up a bunch of players and they got a bunch of picks back. You think, all right, this is a season where they're going to kind of reset things. You got Geno Smith at quarterback. You might have Drew Locke in there. But now all of a sudden, the Seahawks are not only 
surprising the entire league with this offense that they have. The running game, and I think this what they what what they've been missing the last couple of years is a run game. And you you'll probably agree with me on this. Yes. They've been missing a run game a because after Marshawn Lynch left, there wasn't. I mean, with all due respect to Rashad Penny and all the other guys who have kind of come in at, at running back for Seattle, but with I think Rashad Penny's injury was a blessing in disguise because Kenneth Walker. Oh, oh man. Goodness. I, I will, I will say he has the potential to run away pun intended with rookie of the year. Now that Brees Hall is down now, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to bring that up, but Brees Hall was the other guy that you looked at and you said, wow, this guy could run away. But Kenneth Walker looks every bit the the star that some people thought he could be and uh i am thrilled about it now i of course i was shocked that my seahawks came out because what what has been kind of strange for the next for the last two weeks knock on wood the seahawks defense which was absolutely woeful to start the season Mm -hmm. is still not great but you're starting to see that maybe there's maybe they're starting to put it together in the smallest of ways there. They have looked like a, a better unit. Uh, the two rookie off the two rookie tackles on the offensive line have done a great job um, protecting Geno Smith for the most part this season. Mm-hmm. And of course you got Geno is playing absolutely out of his mind. And um it's something I, I will address later later in the show. I'll get into a little bit more, but I I am thrilled with how things are going for my Seahawks. Yeah, and you know, you think this season they could have tanked because of the the, the quarterback two two really great quarterbacks coming out of coming out of Ohio State and Alabama respectively, in the I presume in the NFL draft if they decided to declare early. Mm-hmm. And Seattle's playing like the uh, Pete Carroll's got this team playing like they're not, they don't want to tank. And I yeah. think, and that's I think it's it, the X factor right there is Pete Carroll, because I think we both can we were both at a consensus uh, prior to the season that this may have been this, we we may be seeing the end of Pete Carroll's time as a coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But after the su- success they have they've been having this year, I think. He's far from done. I think he's. Oh yeah. I think he's re. I think he's re-energized. I mm-hmm. think he. This team is is rallying behind him, especially. Yes. Because he's such a player's coach. He is. He is, and I will be the first to admit that there are there are some players that it seems like he is unfailingly optimistic, and he is unfailingly rah rah, and he always says we're going to compete, we're going to do these things. And I have to imagine that after a few years of that, you, you start to tune it out. But right now, yeah. he's got he's got a lot of younger players on both sides of the ball. He's also got Geno buying in. Their draft class from this year, it's very early, but their draft class looks pretty good. Like I said, you got the two offensive, the rookie offensive tackles, Kenneth Walker, of course, and and there's some younger guys on on defense. Richard Sherman, love him or hate him, but uh, he said one of the young cornerbacks looks like him, but faster out there. So, yeah. you know, um, maybe the future's brighter in Seattle than than we thought. Yeah, and that defense is playing really tough too. They forced, I don't know, I can't remember how many turnovers they forced out of 
the Chargers on Sunday. I think it was about what two or three turnovers. Yeah, let's see if I have anything in my notes. Uh, yeah, and, and you also have to figure uh, another part of that offense is the ever reliable Tyler Lockett. Oh yeah, he's, he's a mainstay in that offense, and he is such a reliable, uh, he's a reliable receiver. He's been there for so long. I think he's. I think he has been there. He's uh, his tenure was as long as Wilson before Wilson's before he got traded. I, I believe you are right about that. And um, he is, I would say now I know there's a lot of, there's more talented receivers in the NFL than Tyler Lockett. But as far as precise route running, I'd say he's one of the best uh, out there at running just precise routes. Obviously Cooper cup is next level at running routes, but Lockett can run routes with the best of them. So I looked at the stats and the uh, Chargers had three turn, two turnovers. Uh, Justin Herbert had threw an interception and they uh, forced a fumble out of uh, Herbert as well. Uh, but they also sacked Herbert three times. Yeah. So yeah, they finally got some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're actually, before we move on to our next topic we gotta go to the comments section real quick we got we got quite a few people watching right now and, and they're not people who have put this in the background for their pets while they're gone for the, <laughs> they're gone for the evening so the comment section is brought to you by in the clutch.com really great t-shirts i have a couple myself i have my zach wilson um, word to your moms i love to drop bombs t-shirt uh it's it's currently in storage i'll break it out hopefully next week when the Jets destroy the Patriots, that's going to happen. It's oh, going to happen. Calling, you're calling your shot. Like Call my shot. Call my <laughs> shot. But you can go to intheclutch.com, get yourself a nice selection of T-shirts. Uh, also, that they are also MLBPA and MLSPA licensed T-shirts as well. Use promo code NOCREDS at checkout. You get 10% off your order, and you're also supporting the podcast by helping us buy a T-shirt. So buy a sheet, buy a T-shirt. Up your wardrobe. Yeah, up your up your uh, up your wardrobe selection. All right, we got Snowman, uh Brian Snow from Snowman in the morning with Cole Johnson. You can find you can actually watch me at 8 35 a.m. on Mondays for coffee with McCarthy. That's my segment on the uh, Snowman in the morning on Sunday. He says, Hey, hey, the Morgan Man Sports Podcast says, was so happy the Panthers won. Now the Falcons just have to win against the Panthers. And the Falcons will be number one in the NFC South. Yeah, who wants to win that division? Yeah, <laughs> like the, the NFC South, the AFC South. Who wants to win that division? That's what's coming down to. Who right knows? Now. Who knows? And uh, Snowman chimes in again. The San Diego Superchargers. I don't know if you ever heard that song, Dustin, but that's oh, a, it, that's, a, that's a banger from the yeah, 70s. It's a good one. It's, <laughs> it's a, a banger. <laughs> Guys from Godzilla Media saying, "Gino Smith, good now." Uh, man, I keep... It's a great story. I got yes. to say that. I mean, he was... He, I remember when he was at the New York Jets, he was supposed to be, like, the guy who replaced Mark Sanchez. He happened to get in the lineup because of injury. He mm-hmm. played pretty good, and he, but he kept throwing all those interceptions. And Yes. Things so didn't work many. out in New York. But then he goes to the Chargers. He was back up for a while there. Then he goes to the Seattle uh, Seahawks, and now he's, he's balling. Yeah, and... If I'm honest, I keep waiting for Gino to turn into a pumpkin, you know? Like, I I, I don't know how long this can last, but it is yeah. a great story. But some of the things that I've read, some of his quotes, he said that 
he said that in some ways he thinks some people just gave up on him too early. Uh, he acknowledges that maybe he wasn't ready, but the years of being a backup, like, it's clear that he prepared for this opportunity and he is making the most of it. Yeah, it, it's very, I mean, I hate to see that you use this comparison, but I, I think of him like Doug Flutie in a way. Because if you remember, I, I know you're, you might be a little bit too young about Doug, but when, uh, in terms of, of Doug Flutie, but out of college, won the Heisman in mm-hmm. 1983, I believe, it was a 1983 Heisman winner. Yeah. Went to the USFL, played a couple of years there, went to the NFL, signed with the Bears. Then it, they signed with, I believe, Washington. I think and, you're right about that. And he was considered a joke in the NFL, goes to Canada for, I think, eight seasons, wins a couple of great cups, wins a couple of MOPs, comes back to the United States and made magic with the Buffalo Bills. Yes. For I think I think two or three seasons with them, went to San Diego, finished his career in New England. I have a similar I think Geo Smith has a similar track in that he had he started out early, didn't have his didn't have success, becomes a backup, and now he's the starting quarterback in, uh, because of a trade, and he's having the best career of his life, but the best season of his career. Oh yeah, yeah, by far. And I do, I do remember. I think that's an apt comparison because I do remember Doug Flutie's kind of emergence with the Buffalo Bills, and I remember that it was like this ridiculous thing that they were, they were. Um, he was in a competition with Rob Johnson and that, you know, and Flutie just kept defying the odds. And then his time in San Diego, his run, I think he was the quarterback bef- just before, before Drew Brees. Drew Brees got there. And then uh, I think Brees has spoken before that Flutie kind of mentored him a little bit as a rookie. And Flutie was just an amazing athlete. I remember for the Patriots, he was like kicking field goals or punting or he was doing he- something. He was the he has been I think he's the only player in in the last 50 years who has kicked a drop goal for a for an extra point for two points. Yeah, in a, that's in a what game. it was. That was his final, <laughs> I think that was his final play in the NFL. Yeah. Was that drop was that drop goal for for a two point conversion. Uh Jared from the one half of the Corner Booth podcast is Eagles out here Robin teams still that is all uh, and I was going to get to that. Actually, Robert Quinn for a fourth, and Bears pay more for so the 2022 oh, wow. salary. See, Joe Douglas would have would have would have said, "I'm going to offer you a fifth round pick, and you're going to like it." <laughs> he was learning from, but he also learned a bit from uh, from uh, Howie Rosen. So he has that Jedi. He has that Jedi uh, power, like uh, Howie Rosen does. But you know, I, I'm I, I think I think I think Joe Douglas is set with the uh, defensive line. I think Robert Sala is the same way, and. Our resident fantasy fantasy sports writer at BellyUpSports.com, Kevin Wilson. Geno Smith is awesome. He's making me eat crow all season. And Kevin's a Seahawks fan. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) I the funny part about it. I agree with you, Kevin. I felt the same way because I I think if you remember the first episode, you – I confidently said that we would see Drew Locke in the game by week five. You know, I (laughs) – and uh, hey, Geno. I will be chanting your name. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. All right. So we're going to move on to our biggest disappointments 
in week seven. And I think I think we're going to have be on the same page here, Dustin. I have a feeling we're going to be on the same page with this. But the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> oh, my God. What's yeah. going on in Green Bay? I, are, I wonder if they're starting to regret this extension they gave Aaron Rodgers. He was a he was asking for a trade last year. He won. MV, I believe he won league MVP, if I'm not mistaken. But this season, you know, you, they their leading receiver this week was Aaron Jones. Yeah, running back Aaron Jones, and I think they're beginning to regret a a signing Rodgers to that huge contract extension, mm-hmm. and B trading Devonte Adams. Which oh I yeah, think is the reason sure. why he got that huge trade ex- that huge contract extension with 40 million dollars for four 40 million for four years or something like that yeah. 200 mil for four years but they they this, went this with is... the they went with the old adage of uh this is a quarterback driven league and you got to build around your quarterback but whoa you have to wonder how much of this was pressure because I had forgotten about this offseason but there were rumors that the almost the entire reason And I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that it was the only reason, but um, there were rumors that one of the reasons that the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett was to hopefully lure uh, Aaron Rodgers to Denver. So It wouldn't have mattered uh, a bit because Nathaniel's Hackett system is god-awful, even without – even with a different quarterback in – in the lineup, I mean, as we saw on Sunday, if you watched that oh, game yeah. between the Jets and the Broncos, Lord Savia, um, even with <laughs> Trevor Simeon as a quarterback, yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't great. No, that it wasn't was, well. Yeah, that was uh, Brett Rippin wasn't exactly out there ripping the ball down the field. You know what I mean? Oh, Brett but- Rippin. Sorry, not Trevor <laughs> Simeon. Trevor Simeon. I forgot. I forgot Trevor Simeon plays for the. I think the Saints now, but. I can't oh, remember, but well, that's you know, but but it is, um, yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think the Packers front office would ever say it, but they might be looking at that and go, uh, what did we just do? Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I do have to, he Aaron Rodgers, myself or himself is my biggest disappointment of the week because I just don't like him taking these passive aggressive snipes at his wide receivers in the media saying things like, Oh, if, if people are dropping this much, maybe it's time to give um, other people playing time or get people in there. Maybe this loss is the best thing that can happen to us because nobody's going to give us a chance. All the things he was saying, it's just his, you know, and a lot of people felt bad for Aaron Rodgers. I remember because when he first was drafted, Brett Favre made it very clear that he was not going to take Aaron Rodgers under his wing. And now we have all these years later, instead of Aaron Rodgers talking to these wide receivers, and maybe he's done this. I don't know. Maybe he has. But instead of taking them aside and saying, hey, let's work on a few things on, on the practice field. Let's, let's like try to get on the same page here. Let's go over the playbook. He's going to the media and he's taking snipes at these rookie wide receivers and these, and these young guys. And it, Seriously. it's just not the way you're supposed to do things. No, no, you, you can't do that. You, you, your best two receivers. Yes. Are rookies, but at the same time, you can't ostracize them because they're in their first year. 
You're yeah. a veteran quarterback. You've been in this league for a very long time. And you have to rely on your receivers because you're you're considered the number one one of the top quarterbacks in this league. You're you're the elite. You're the you're the cream of the crap, the cream rest. <laughs> as the macho man says. Yeah. Or used to say, God God rest his soul. Uh but you have to work with your receivers and you can't alienate them in the press. No. If you're if you if you want them to get better, yeah, take it to the side. Go in the light, go in the white, sit with your wide receivers in the in the wide receivers room and just say, Hey, this is what you do here. This is this is how I want you to run your route. This is how I want you to uh this is how I want you to um you know, this is what I'm gonna throw it to this side. I'm gonna throw it to this shoulder on this pattern. Or yeah. uh, if I if I'm if I'm out of the pocket, I need you to do this. Don't don't give them a bad rap in front of the media. Yeah. Because that's just that's just low hanging fruit for everyone, anyone who is either independent creator or mainstream or beat writer to to just grab onto and make that into content and take it out of context. Yeah, yeah, I I just and and it's also you know and to your earlier point, it just reeks of well, I have my money, you know, and and, and I I guess I'm going with some some leaps here, and I and I know he's a competitive guy. To to play in the NFL, you have to be, but like it just is, especially when everybody was saying, oh well, Brett Favre gave him a raw deal because he didn't he didn't uh, mentor him, and Aaron had to do things himself. Jeez, oh, it's the history is repeating itself, you know. Yeah, with, and, with this. Yeah, and if you're and if you're if you're if you're uh, if you're Jordan Love, I mean, you gotta be wondering when you're gonna get your chance. I, I mean, I remember last week's uh, game against yeah. the Jets. The game was so far out of hand that they put Jordan Love in. Yeah, for the last series of the game, and but I I think you might have answered you might have answered your own question though. I don't think the front office could do it after giving him that contract. I I don't think I think. They're stuck. I if, yeah. you, if you bench him, what does that do? And then and then you can't try to shop them after doing that. I, I don't know. It's they put themselves in a position. They did, and I don't. I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> and, and, and if you're, especially if you're a Vikings fan, a Bears fan, or a Lions fan, you also don't feel bad for oh, the Green yeah. Bay Packers. Yeah, but great. You have you actually. The Green Bay Packers. Let's just put it this way: they they have a good defense. I watched. Yes, I, they do. I was listening to the game last last Sunday when they're playing the Jets, and they gave them a hard time during that first half. But that offense just at times seems very anemic, mm-hmm. and especially if you get in, if you get in, uh, if you get in Rogers' face a lot, he's going to get rattled. It's just the same as any pocket, any elite pocket quarterback in the league. Tom Brady is also is also a guy who you can rattle him if you get in his face enough. Yeah. So yeah, I just think this, this was just a very disappointing. They had the chance to get back on the Packers had a chance to get back on the winning side. Oh yeah. In this game against a, an, what I think is an inferior opponent. But as oh, we, sure. if you watched, if you watched, if you watch red zone or if you were a, uh, uh, or if you watch the game, in your locality that that day, uh, you saw a very inspiring performance, and I'll I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But yeah, Green Bay is a which is a very disappointing yeah team this past this past week. 
so we're gonna get move on, get a little more positive. Get we're, we're gonna be <laughs> yeah, positive. we've we've started the show with some you know we've had some sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of sauce, Sauce Gardner, AFC play, AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. So hey, all right. Oh, there we go. All right, we're gonna move on to the most entertaining game, Dustin. In your opinion, which game was the most entertaining this week? Okay. Okay. First of all, I freely, I, I want to come out and say that this might be a little bit of usual suspect suspects syndrome on my part. Ryan, have you ever seen the movie, the usual suspect? I actually have not. Okay. Well, I do recommend it. I do okay. recommend it. And I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil the movie for you or anyone else that may be watching. I, I know about Kaiser. So say, and I also know about, uh, uh, stuck in the middle with you. I know a little okay. bit about that. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a camp of people out there that believe that Usual Suspects is not a good movie. The only reason that people remember it is because of the ending. And so I'm going to say that my most entertaining game has a little bit of that going for it, but I was on the edge of my seat. Like I, My most entertaining game was the Jaguars versus the Giants. Mm. Um, the way the, the two teams were kind of going back and forth a little bit. Jacksonville looked better than they had in previous weeks. <gasps> Wait, uh, Dustin, Dustin, no. we've made it. You know how I can tell we've made it. How's that? We've got a bot in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This is a great, the great moment in the show. We have made it because a bot, a spam bot is in the chat. Oh my we're, goodness. We're starting to get that YouTube, you know, that YouTube fire. The bots are looking for Mark us. this day, October 26, 2022. We have made it on YouTube. We're getting the bots. Oh man. <laughs> Welcome, bot. Welcome, Welcome bot. bot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, um, the, the the Giants and Jaguars, while it wasn't like this barn burner of a game, it was just an entertaining game. And I was I found myself rooting for the Giants. The way the game ended, though, that's what I remember. It had shades of that Rams Titans Super Bowl from I think '99, where the Rams uh, the Titans. Kevin Dyson, he was reaching out, yep. fell just short. Christian Kirk gets stopped on the one-yard line to end the game. Once again, the Giants' defense coming up big. Uh, are the Giants an actual entertaining team to watch this season? I would say mm. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, they definitely are. And as someone who had uh, a – particular running back in the lineup and my fantasy football lineup this week i will definitely say but, but not only just offensively i mean i can't name a single receiver on that giants team i can name two i can name two guys i can name two players on offense daniel yeah. jones mm -hmm. and saquon barkley and i gotta say i'm so happy for daniel jones oh because yeah. he's he's not i don't think he's gonna get you know i think i mentioned this before a couple weeks ago and it's worth mentioning a second time around when Brian Dable was hired by the giants and he said, I cannot wait to work with Daniel Jones. There's a lot of positive things that I can, we can build upon. He was laughed at. Oh yeah. Absolutely he panned. He was, he was panned more than the, uh, than the, than the, uh, than the New York Islanders fisherman Jersey from back in the day. <laughs> and 
<laughs> and I wish we could talk. Uh, I wish we were able to talk. That was a colorful uh, jersey. <laughs> that was a colorful jersey. And FYI, if you haven't seen it, and the the new retro, the new uh, uh, re- reverse retro jerseys, it is the Gordon's fish. The uh, fisherman is featured on <laughs> this year's jersey, and I, I oh, couldn't wow. be. And I actually couldn't be happier. But anyway, again, back to the pro- topic at hand. Um, yeah. So when Brian Dibble said, "I cannot work. I can't wait to work with Daniel Jones." He got laughed at. He got absolutely reamed yeah. by by the New York media, by basically every national media outlet. But now you're seeing, now you're seeing the fruit of what Brian Dibble said. He says, mm-hmm. "I can't wait to work with him." But look, look what Daniel Jones has pretty much done. He was he was turnover prone the first three, the first four years of his career. He's kept it relatively. Kept it clean this year. He's relatively yeah. you, every game no turnovers. The same thing with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson to be successful has to commit no turnovers. What has he done the first three games? He's been since the first four games since he's been back from injury. No turnovers. So the Giants are controlling the clock. They're controlling the line of scrimmage on offense. They're not committing any turnovers. They're forcing turnovers on defense, which is a huge thing as well. And I, again, I other than Leonard, Leonard Williams. I can't name a single person on that Giants defense. It's like yeah. maybe maybe I've, because I haven't been I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, as a New York sports fan, I, that's on, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> and I know I got somebody in the chat saying, "Don't you mean New Jersey?" Shut up, it's Metro yeah, New York. Yeah, it's a Stop tired that. argument. That's it's a, a tired stupid argument. tired argument. And by the way, f you to Fox Sports for uh, for kneeling the bowing the knee to uh, to uh, a. a, a who is it? From, who's it from the Bills? Uh, Knox, who said, who when they said, oh, oh, the three New York teams are above five hundred for the first time in forever, and uh, Knox said, oh wait, which state are they from? And oh, then, yeah. and then they said, and then Fox Sports came up with another graphic saying, you know, the, the, the only New York team. It's like, come on, guys, this is so tired. Yeah, it is it's a tired, tired trope, man. and it's stupid, and mm-hmm. I hate it. And we get need to kill this. Um. But my, the most entertaining game in my in my mind, as we mentioned in the last segment, I think the Commanders Packers game was the most entertaining game in my mind, because oh. a certain quarterback came back in the lineup because Carson Wentz is out for the next four weeks with with the finger surgery. Yes. Finger surgery. It's Taylor Heineke season again. Yes. Again. Yes. And, and he I'm so happy that it's back because <laughs> he had some magical plays during that game to to basically keep the game in hand and win this game for the commanders and and also um neener 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 spring football does work because pj walker yes the XFL led the star. panthers to the to, to being the, uh, with an upset of the uh of the buccaneers former xfl houston roughnecks taylor heineke also a former spring quarterback. So spring football works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and I will say, and I, I was originally going to bring this up in the, in the Packers uh, section of the show, because Washington's defense look, looked respectable. Now it's been said, you know, it's been said for, for a couple of years now, Oh, this Washington defense has talent. Um, They're going to put it together one day. Now, do you think, do you think that uh, it's just the Packers were so anemic 
or has the commander's defense started to build upon something? I think the fact that Taylor Heineke being in the lineup was a bit of an, a shot a sh- in the arm. Yeah, it was a shot okay. in the arm for the, the commanders because, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say they play a little uninspired with Carson Wentz in the lineup. And that's an understatement because wherever Carson Wentz seems to go, they the team plays a little bit uninspired between Philadelphia and Indianapolis. And, you know, as much as I love Carson Wentz off the field, his on the field performance, and I guess in the locker room, I guess it's rumored that he's kind of a polarizing figure. Yes, it's rumored and, that he can. And by the way, Taylor Taylor Heineke, another XFL 2.0 quarterback, St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, so again, Springfield Spring football works. Uh, but I think uh, I I just think that this team is inspired with Heineke in the lineup. I think he was their quarterback all along. I know last year you had Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick play his final season, and then the team just kind of fell apart after that. Mm-hmm. And, t- and I think Heineke was at, in and out of the lineup a he lot was. last season too. Yeah, but you got to remember, Taylor Heineke was was the quarterback who led this team to an NFC East title back in 2020. Even though they had an under 500 record, he still led them to a division title. Yeah, and, and a near upset of the of the of the of the Buccaneers in the playoffs. And, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. They nearly upset the Bucks, very nearly. And uh, it's clear. And and another another key thing is. Um, now I had him on my fantasy team and dropped him before the, uh, before this game. I had done it a couple weeks ago, but Taylor Heineke has revived Terry McLaurin. He's actually he he, he scored a touchdown. So you hey. have to you have to wonder, like you like you said, Taylor Heineke uh, clearly provided a shot of inspiration, adrenaline, whatever you want to call it. And um, in some ways, the offense he commanded the offense. Better, I think. No pun intended. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm full of them. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know. Hey. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to the most notable performance, and uh, Dustin, this is we we talk about individual performances, but I'm gonna have a team performance, an over an all around team performance in this category, and I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys defense. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, I started do, I started doing lift driving uh, as a just a, kind of a secondary job. Uh, I met a, a gentleman on Friday named Seven. He's from Texas. He hates the Cowboys, but uh, he said he subscribed to the podcast. And uh, if you're listening, Seven, shout out to you, buddy. Thanks for uh, hey, thanks for the out. sub. Yeah, we appreciate you. And again, tell your friends. Tell your friends. We need you know we're we're trying to build our listener base, and you know, I don't think I don't think you'll be disappointed. But I gotta give I gotta give props to the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, they absolutely decimated the Detroit Lions, who up yes. until two weeks, up until three weeks ago, or two yeah three weeks ago, they were their highest scoring offense in football, and they committed they they forced the Lions into five sacks, five turnovers, and they only gave up six points. Yeah, this defensive line. I mean, this the front seven of the Dallas Cowboys is one is one of the best in the league. I mean, yeah, you get your Micah Parsons, but you also got a good supporting staff who can complement Micah Parsons. It doesn't have to be just him disrupting the quarterback. They've got a good interior as well. Yeah, they and and um, I also put down the Dallas defense as my most noticeable notable performance uh, to me. And I know, I know some Eagles fans are going to get mad at me here, but the, the, this Dallas defense 
they look like they could shut anybody down and everybody knows about everybody knows about Micah Parsons, you know, um, they but, did a serviceable job against them the week before in Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. Almost went up beating them. They, they are just so far. They are the reason that Dallas is where they are. So I'm, I'm going to kind of pivot and we're going to stay in Dallas, but I'm going to kind of audible at the line because you already, you already so eloquently explained why the Dallas defense deserves top nods for best performance of the week. Ryan, you already marked this ca- this day down on the calendar for a very spe- special occasion of a bot um, <laughs> yes. uh, joining us in the chat. But another reason, I want you to mark this down because I am going to compliment Mike McCarthy right now. I'm going to compliment him. No relation. <laughs> I'm, New- I'm New Jersey McCarthy. He's Pennsylvania McCarthy. Just want to give that delineation, that, that line right there. Just want to give you that line. Now, <laughs> you and I... I think both of us, we take some pot shots at Mike McCarthy every once in a while. And we both said that Jerry Jones was going to be infuriated with him, that all these things. Now, push all that side, push all that aside. Mike McCarthy, congratulations to you because you made a what I thought was a very prescient and wonderful adjustment. It was clear to me in this game that Dak Prescott was rusty. He looked rusty. Um, previously to um, Dak's injury and while Cooper Rush was starting, Dallas had scored on every trip to the red zone in the first quarter, and they were playing a defense in Detroit that had allowed a touchdown to every trip of the red zone in the first quarter. Detroit's defense got their first stop in the red zone this season in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Dak just didn't look, and it's to be expected. He, he's been out for a little while. So Mike McCarthy, it was clear to me, changed the offensive game plan to rely heavily on the running game and put his quarterback in a position to kind of knock the rust off and still come out of Dallas with the win, thanks in no small part to that amazing defense they had. Yeah, they, they I got to admit, I was hoping this would happen, they would keep this trend uh, with Cooper Rush was in the lineup. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They stuck to the run game. They mm-hmm. decided to go with the run game. Give the give give Rush the biggest chances to have some success, and they did that. Ton yeah. of credit to them. My biggest worry, if you're, I mean, I'm sure if you're a Cowboys fan, you probably echo the same thing. I mean, unless unless you're one of the irrational uh, Cowboys <laughs> fans who still says we got five rings, um, <laughs> we got four. Sorry, we got four rings, rings. Um, if you were kind of hoping he would, they would stick with the same game plan, run, grind the ball, run the ball, grind it out, have some set up Dak to have some success. And they did. They ran for 139 yards and Dak Prescott had 207 yards and a touchdown. So 
they kept it a little bit vanilla, yeah, but sometimes you got to be vanilla in this league to have some success. You to control, use the run game, control the ball, control, uh, control time of possession. And it looks like that's, that's what they did. They uh, had seven, uh, almost, uh, almost 150 yards of offense. They actually lost the possession battle uh, to, with 28 minutes and 48, six seconds of possession time, but they still want to win the game because they made, they did the most both offensively and defensively where they had to get it done. So five turnovers, uh, five turnovers, five sacks. Got to hand it to the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah. All right. So we're going to transition over to our hottest individual take of the week. And Dustin, I'm going to start with you after this week. What was your, what was the hottest individual take that you have coming out of week seven, the NFL? Well, and since I'm a Seahawks fan, this is going to come as no surprise, and it's way too early, and I acknowledge this. But prior to the Russell Wilson trade, there were rumblings that Pete Carroll, the NFL game had kind of passed him by. His offensive philosophy of run the ball, run the ball, run the balls, pass A, you know, that they're not, they're not giving Russ the keys to the kingdom. And there was a narrative among Seahawks fans that, if it came down to, to Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson, you should choose Russell Wilson. And I will admit, I, I thought that Russell Wilson was the kind of talent that you, you kind of have to acquiesce to, that you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to build around, that you have to do everything you can to hang on to him because talent like this doesn't come along. And, and I have, aside from Pete Carroll deciding not to run the ball for that Super Bowl, I don't have a major problem with the way he coaches. Now, I do think sometimes that his reliance on the run in the past, I I would say, why are we still running the ball? It's kind of like Arthur Smith of the Falcons. They were getting blown out and they were still running it like crazy. I I don't know what's going down there, but it's too early. But were the Seahawks right about the Russell Wilson trade? Did they see something that everybody didn't really see and is Pete Carroll RP Carroll and John Schneider looking like absolute football geniuses right now and is Geno Smith succeeding because of the way Pete Carroll and um and the coaching staff are setting him up and how much of Russ's success was tied to this these are all questions that I have to ask now and I, like I said, I acknowledge completely that it's way too early, but maybe the Seahawks were right all along when most everybody was slamming them for, for choosing Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson and sticking with their coach. And, mm-hmm. and I will be the first to raise my hand. I was among them when they got rid of Russell Wilson. I thought ultimately they would figure out a way to get a deal done and, um, Hey, now I'm I'm wondering if he dodged a bit of a bullet. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, for I thought after this season, John Schneider and Pete Carroll will to- Pete Carroll were toast. Yeah, I thought that Russell Wilson trade was a, a move they had to make because they didn't have a whole lot of draft. They didn't have a lot of draft capital. No, no. And they've made their mistakes because that, that uh, Jamal Adams trade has looked as bad as it could look. Yeah. 
it looks terrible because uh, they overpaid Jamal Adams and he is gone for the season after tearing his after a quadricep tear. And I think week two. And I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit gloom and doom this year. But again, I, we, we, we kind of addressed that in, in mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, in the biggest upset when we talked about Pete Carroll and especially, and I think especially John Schneider, they, they it's redeems. It's the, it's the redemption season for them. Yes. Yes. Especially, and especially for, for Schneider. So, Good on them to. I mean, I definitely think as of right now, they've definitely won this trade. Seeing how Russell Wilson is kind of stuck in a situation where he kind of forced his way out when he mm-hmm. saw things were getting bad. Yeah. And now he's in a situation where things couldn't have been bad if he wanted them to be. Yeah, <laughs> you, things are things are things are, are, are as bad as you uh, as you didn't think they would. I thought I thought they were going to be playoff contenders. I thought the Broncos were going to be playoff contenders. Oh, I thought too. all four of these teams in the AFC West were going to be playoff contenders. But right now, the Broncos are sitting in last place, looking up at three other teams, and Seattle's at- atop of the NFC West. Yes, which nobody which, expected. No. No, I I thought that they they already have four wins for the season. I thought that that might be their total. You know, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable, and and you just have to wonder. Everybody was saying, you know, you got to let Russ do do things. You can't you can't just keep relying on the run. You can't just keep running the ball in a cloud of dust for three yards. You can't. Everybody was on Pete Carroll. And last year, we kind of excused the fact that Russ came back and didn't look great uh, because of injury. But you have to wonder if if the Seahawks front office had this one right, if they if they evaluated it because they knew him better than anybody else. They drafted him and he had, he played there for ten years. But uh, early returns on that trade looks like they were right. Now time will tell. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and for me, my hottest individual take of the week is that Brandon Staley, coach of the San Diego Chargers, he should be on the hot seat after losing to the Seahawks. And I'm going to give you a stat line from that game, which is pretty unbelievable. Now, I wouldn't say unbelievable, but considering how far behind they got, uh, they were down 24-14 at the half. They were down. It was 30. It was fit a complete after the after the the touch last touchdown in the fourth quarter uh, mm-hmm. by the Seahawks. They, it, with just, even with Justin Herbert's injury, they're making him fill the ball a lot. Oh yeah. And I can't explain why. I mean, maybe it's because their offensive line has been kind of depleted. I know they're one of their best players is, is out for the year. Uh, they've also been facing some other injuries and in other key spots. Now Joey Bosa has been out. I think he's out for another couple of weeks with a groin injury, but even with, I mean, and, and Justin Herbert's been playing, playing hurt too. Yes. He threw the ball 51 times that's, against the Seahawks. That's way out of whack. That's, that's, un- that's unacceptable because you've got a guy in the backfield. You've got, you got three guys splitting time in the backfield. Your primary running back, Austin Eckler, he's one of the best in the league. One yes. of the best, one of the best running backs in the league. And you're only going to have him run. Nine times he was also. It's funny enough. Austin Eckler was also the leading receiver that day with twelve receptions out of the backfield and a touchdown. He had twelve targets, twelve receptions. 
but you've got to run the ball more. I can't I can't figure out why they want to have Justin Herbert who is bat, who is battling a rib injury right now. Yeah. You're making him throw 51 times in a game? No. And you, and you weren't and the, and as much as I as much as I love my Seahawks, it wasn't like they were down 30 points, you know. They were they were within you could have run the ball a lot more. They were throwing it like they were down. Yeah. They huge. threw it. Yeah, and the week before on Monday night, they're playing a short week as it is already. He threw 57 times against against the, the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just having a struggle trying to find the running game. It it seems like they are, but this you're you are totally mis you're completely misusing your offense. Yeah. Now here's a here's a cool stat line because two weeks before, Austin Eckler had 173 yards against the Browns, and he's only rushing. He's only getting what 30, 30 something you know thirty between thirty and forty yards against the against the Broncos, which again is a t- it's a tough defense to play against. But still, yes, you can't throw fifty seven times in a football game and expect to win each and every single time you got you have to utilize the run you absolutely positively have to utilize the run otherwise you're going to ruin your quarterback which again still fighting off a rib injury yes and you're not gonna be able to control the clock because that's the primary reason that's that's the that's the that in my my mind is the biggest stat is time of possession Yes. What are you doing? How much time are you using? How much time do you have the how much time do you have the football? And what are you doing with that football effectively enough to win a football game? And I think yeah. Brandon Staley is a ter- I mean, great. I mean, some coordinators are great coordinators. Yes. They don't make great head coaches. Yes. I, I and I think and I brought up the example of Wade Phillips to me is a classic example of that. Uh, you know, kind of middling as a head coach, amazing defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He always Todd Bowles, same defense. way. Yes. Todd Bowles, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know the 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 example I brought up earlier on the show. I think Bob McAdoo, disaster mm-hmm. of a head coach in his in his short tenure. Um, and he's you mean by, you mean Ben Ben McAdoo or Ben McAdoo? Yeah, yeah sorry. Ben McAdoo. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. And uh but yeah, it's some I think you're 100% right. Maybe Staley is the latest in a line that just coordinator position fits them best. Yeah. It's where they can best utilize their skills because not having a running back the caliber of Austin Eckler and not running the ball is like having a quarter a Corvette in the garage and you only take it out to drive to the grocery store. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. If you got it, show it off. You know? Yeah. All right. We're going to move on from football. We're going to turn on a little baseball. Before we do that, we're going to thank one of our partners at Godzilla Media. That's Johnstone Supply. Listen, up here in the Northeast, right now it's deceptively deceptively warm. It feels like summer, but guys, summer's over. <laughs> summer's over. And although we can't feel the heat, in New York state, you still want to stay nice and toasty warm all winter long because eventually the drop is coming. The drop is coming. We have thirties overnights in the thirties. We're going to have highs only in fifties and sixties, but you need to keep your furnace nice and toasty warm for the winter. So you need, if you need someone to install a new system, 
Johnstone Supply can help with installing a new furnace for the system for the year. They can also help out with uh, closing down your AC as well. You can find you've heard George on previous episodes of Getting There with Guys, and you have a chance to learn his and Johnstone's story. Now stop in and find it about their find out about their great service and products. Give Kev, James, or Bert a call. They can help put you in a warmer place this autumn and this coming winter. Call Johnson Supply and Troy at 518-272-5922, or you can visit them at the location at 2600 6th Ave in Troy, or you can go online at johnsonsupply.com. So again, Johnson Supply and Troy, 518-272-5922. They've been actually been sponsoring our baseball segments all year, all summer long uh, for Godzilla Media. So we're going to, we're going to jump right into that. And we're going to talk about the New York Yankees. Oh my goodness. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say about this Yankees team. They were, it's funny on game five. I remember game five of the, of the DS of the divisional series, jump up to the big lead. Stan hits that huge home run. Judge hits the big home run to put them up. And, the crowd is yelling, we we want Houston. We want yeah. Houston. Well, they got Houston. They did. And they Houston did. Uh, literally swept them out of the playoffs. And yeah. there's a lot of questions coming into next season. Uh, particularly, they're, keep, they're keeping Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman, which is a bit of a bummer in my mind because I kind of wanted to see someone else manage. Cause I just, I just, I'm. I find it very. I find Boone's managerial style very frustrating, Dustin. I don't know about you, with overlines and analytics and and the launch angles and always looking for a fastball and you know you know exit velocity and all this it's like nerd. Use <laughs> use what you got in the field. Like, do, yeah. does anybody have any feel in in baseball anymore? Does anybody any manager do any managers rely on a feel? I mean. The only one I can think of is Dusty Baker and and Robbie Thompson, as we saw with the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, my goodness, Robbie Thompson, former Yankees base co- base coach. I think it was yeah. I think it was the third base coach when uh, Joe Girardi was manager. Girardi kept him around when he was hired by the Phillies. He was mm-hmm. fired in May, and look yeah. at the Phillies are now. They're National League champions. They champions. They win the pennant. Now they're in the World Series, and they're facing a. a let's, just fa- let's face it. A juggernaut uh, Astros team. Juggernaut buzzsaw. Yeah. 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 But to put also respectively, the Phillies have been a jug uh, uh, a juggernaut. Well, I was gonna yes. say buzzsaw. A, They've been a, a buzzsaw as well. They have, yes. But going they back have. to the Yankees, go let's go back to the Yankees for a minute. How disappointing is this season if you're a Yankee fan? <sighs> well, to me, I wouldn't say the season's a total total failure but you know the old adage is always when you're when you're a yankee fan anything outside of the world series is a complete and utter failure now i wouldn't go that far i wouldn't go that far but i will say that this this team i remember thinking in july when the yankees were just firing on all cylinders and and, mm-hmm. and everything was humming and there were they had such a lead and there was an insane stat. I was listening to the game, the game on the radio. I think I was driving to my uncle, uh, my uncle Matt's for a Fourth of July celebration. So it was early July. They were the first to hit. I think I can't remember the number of wins, but they were the first team in the in the uh, in Major League Baseball to do it. And I remember just this little 
thing in the back of my head that said, are they peaking too early? Mm-hmm. When are the wheels going to come off? And yep, that's when and, the injury started. Stanton yeah. going out. Uh, I think uh, was, was Carpenter goes out. They're yep. two, uh, Rizzo, at I think. that time. Yeah, and Rizzo goes out. I think at that time, Carpenter was their was their best hitter. Yes, he was really a revelation for Yankee in Yankee Stadium. Matt Carpenter mm-hmm. revived his career there. Yep. Um, but to your point, I have never, for whatever reason. I also have never been the biggest fan of Aaron Boone. Even even yeah. some of his post game rants to defend his players or or um, light up the team, light a fire, whatever he's trying to do, it always kind of seems manufactured to me. Like there's there's something about Aaron Boone, and I remember a lot of people when they were calling for Joe Girardi to be fired as the manager of the New York Yankees, they would say, "Oh, he's always got that damn binder that he bring, that he looks at because he's trying to come up with the scenarios and see what the see what happened." Well, Boone, Boone does the same. It's thing. not football. It's not yeah. football. You can't. You don't. Yeah, you need I, I understand the need for situational hitting, but that's based on feel. It's not based on analytics. Yes. And I, and and for me, I I always it incenses me that for me it's pitching right now if a pitcher even sniffs 100 pitches, they're pulling them regardless of how they're pitching. And and it's just like you said, feel managing by feel is almost completely gone. Where I, I I never thought I'd say this, but I yearn for the years of you know Bobby Cox, Joe Torre, some of these Joe guys Torrey, that would just yeah. that would just manage based on feel. Uh, the classic thing everybody said, Jim Leland. Yeah, Jim Leland. Oh, of course, in Detroit, another another guy that managed on feel. I remember when when people were shocked. People were shocked that uh, Boone was put in for that famous home run, and I think Joe Joe Torre said something like. I had a feeling he was due, you know, they're just Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to manage that way. And I do think Boone has a tendency to over rely on the analytics, everything. Like you said, I know it's the Mm -hmm. biggest trend right now, Uh, but, but man, and also Brian Cashman, he's, he's been the Yankees GM for, it feels like forever. Um, I don't think he's done 20 over 25 years. I don't think he's done a, a bad job, but for whatever reason, with the exception of 09, they can't seem to get the team and get the team. No. They can get the team far, no. but they can't get it over the hump. No, and I don't. He, I and I don't know what it is. And you know what? He was. It was very underwhelming. The trade deadline was very underwhelming. They get yeah. rid of Mon, they, they send Montgomery the to St. Louis, deal. which was which was the Montas deal, sending Jordan Montgomery in for. for for Harrison Bader, which turned out not to be a terrible trade when yeah. Bader actually emerged in the lineup. I mean, he hit three home runs in the in the in the playoffs, but it just took him a long time to get over his plantar fasciitis. And Jordan Montgomery had was very oh. successful in St. Oh. Louis, and yeah. I hated the fact that they we, they they didn't have another lefty arm to kind of uh, uh, kind of be in the lineup with with Nestor Cortez. And that Montas deal backfired on them big time because he wasn't yeah. even in the lineup during the playoffs. No, no, and and it was clear it was clear that when they grabbed him, because he Montas had an amazing start to the year in Oakland, uh, mm-hmm. but then it was very clear 
clear that obviously once he arrived at the Yankees, that the reason he had struggled the last couple of starts in Oakland was he was hurt. And, and they mm-hmm. and they brought him over, and it, it just didn't work out. And you have you have to wonder, is it time for a regime a regime change? And I don't want to be knee jerk. I don't want to be. I hate when people say, "Oh, that the solution is to fire the manager, fire the fire the GM, fire everybody." But the the Yankees, the last few years, they've been a team that can that can make the playoffs, and they just can't get it done. And but to get swept like this, this mm-hmm. I was not expecting it. I thought they would get at least one victory, and they had a couple games where they where they jumped out to a lead. And you yeah. thought, okay, maybe they're going to save a little face here, but it just wow. I, I knew I knew the series was going to be over quickly when Boone yanked Tyone, and after the fifth inning of that game of the of game one, mm-hmm. he was actually pitching pretty decent. But Boone got scared. And as soon as Boone got scared and he pulled Tyone early and went to his bullpen, I, I think that's when Dusty Baker was licking his chops on the other yeah. side, on the other side of the field. And he says, Yep, we got him. Yeah. We got him. Yeah. We got him. And I can't, I can't stress this enough. I am I will be rooting for the Phillies hard. Uh Houston. No disrespect to the player, but there is a there is a stain there. I just they are they are not a likable team to me. There's likable players on that team, but the 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 trash can scandal still rings. Um, and I, but Dusty Baker has done an amazing job of kind of steadying that ship, writing that team's image. Uh, kind of steering it through the murky waters. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And and they they were another he was another manager that I think his last managerial stop was it was it Washington I'm trying to remember where he was I think it was Washington and people were saying oh Dusty Baker the game has passed him by he's a relic he's a you know they they, they but when, and when Houston hired him I know there were probably some fans in Houston that go oh here we go another retread but he he seems to have yeah. been the perfect pitch or perfect pick to manage uh, this team. Yeah. Cause we moved when he was with the Cubs, he was known for wearing out arms. Oh, and yeah. I think he's learned his lesson with, with Mark. And that's kind of why Mark Pryor and Kerry Woods careers kind of went South because he just kept going. He just kept leaving them in yeah. games for too long. And yeah, we saw it. We saw it in the 2003 during the NLCS in game six, when they had that disastrous uh, ending with the uh with the whole Steve Bartman scandal. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't totally entirely on Steve Bartman. But here's my thing. I mean, I'm kind of I don't really care about the World Series this year and 
only because I'm, I'm starting to get to hockey season. The Jets are starting to take off. No, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but the Jets are doing great. The New Jersey Devils are doing great. I'm kind of I'm paying attention to them more, uh, especially with my new podcast that's uh, in in play currently. And for for me, it's weird. Like it, it's with Houston, you got the the feel good story of Dusty Baker. You also got the feel good story of Trey Mancini. Yeah, Trey Boom Boom Mancini. Trey Boom Boom Mancini, who I believe in 2020, uh, he had cancer. He came back and Oils traded him to the Astros for their run. But also, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Jeremy Pena, the ALCS MVP, was a one-time Tri-City Valley Cat. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yep, from the Joe to the show. Another one of those Astros. (laughs) Making it from the Joe of the show, but also with the Phillies, and I don't know if you knew this, and I hate to go into politics, and I don't want to make this a political podcast, but it's just really funny how things work out. Uh, any team, any Philadelphia team that wins the World Series, the economy seems to kind of collapse. <laughs> <laughs> 1929 Philadelphia Athletics win the World Series. Mark oh, crashes that year. Yeah, we know what Nin- happened. 1980 Philadelphia Phillies win the World Series. We go into a recession. 2008 Philadelphia uh-huh. Phillies win the World Series. The housing market crashes. 2022. <laughs> uh oh. Economy's kind of dicey. So yeah, yeah. Things are <laughs> things are a little rough. Things are. Oh boy. That, that the, tr- the, the wallet's a little bit light right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing some of those crazy uh, trends in baseball. Like, wasn't it uh, the Giants only won the World Series on like odd years or something? There were there's even something years. Cra- or even years. Yeah, there, yeah. It's just uh, 2010, 2012, and 2014. Yeah, but that's man that that Phillies one is. Um, something i know that's a new one for you yeah yeah Yeah. but getting back to the yankees though i for me it starts at the top it starts with ownership and for how steinbender just doesn't seem to be i kind of wish that the spirit of his father would enter his body you would kick a few tvs after losing, <laughs> he would fire a few men. He, he would fire a yeah. few guys or trade, threaten to trade a few guys and just get the team fired up because that's the one thing that George Steinbrenner did. He hated losing. Yes. Absolutely hated losing, took it personally, took it as personally as the fans did. And for all the stuff that he made Yankee fans go through in the 80s, yes, and going to jail and then coming back as the owner, yeah. Hiring hiring a the, PI to find dirt on Dave Winfield. Yeah. Yeah. Which was probably the best thing that could have happened for the Yankees because Gene Michael built yes. that team up with great prospects like Jeter and Rivera and Pettit, Posada, the core four, mm-hmm. all those guys, and the forgotten fifth, which another alliteration, Bernie Williams, mm-hmm. uh, the forgot the forgotten fifth, uh, as I call him. Um, but I just feel like Hal Steinbrenner, he's not about winning. He's about the bottom line. He's about the television contract. He's about the trying to get people through the gates, making him pay 12 bucks for a beer. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he cares enough. And I want to, and I want to see that. And I know he believes in Boone. He believes in Cashman, but eventually you got to figure in the back of his mind that his patience is eventually going to run out, especially yeah. if they're spending millions of dollars on an analytics system that has had some success. But eventually, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's 
That is, you know, a lot of criticism were levied against George Steinbrenner. But the one thing that you could always say is that he cared a lot, you know, and it's nice when your owner does that to make a little bit of a parallel. uh, Mark Cuban, bit of a crazy Mm -hmm. guy, but you Mm -hmm. know that he wants the Mavs to win and he's going to try to do what he can to uh, get the Dallas Mavericks over the hump. Uh, People that play for him say that he's got some of the best facilities, some of the most comfortable, um, uh, you know, uh, planes. And just to see him at the games going crazy, that's the kind of owner that you want is one with passion. And and I think to your point, Hal could uh, use channeling a bit of his father in this instance here. Yeah. And I'm um, the, the the biggest question in my mind going into the offseason is whether or not the Yankees are going to be able to keep not only Aaron Judge but also yeah. Anthony Rizzo because we've I, there's been a story going around that the San Francisco Giants are saying that they will not be outbid by anyone this offseason in order to obtain Aaron Judge. Now Aaron yeah. Judge is a California guy, yeah. Uh, that's... Although I wouldn't want to pay those taxes if you're if you're if, you're, nah, if nah. you're an athlete of that stature, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can if they'll keep either or or both. They'll be yeah. able to keep both. I, I'm hoping that they could keep both because Anthony Rizzo has been a very good. He's not only good at bat and have that short left field, that short porch and left field at a right field. Excuse me, at Yankee Stadium, but he's also very good defensively and and actually both players are very good defensively yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see what the bidding war for actually not only just judge but rizzo in the offseason is gonna be yeah i i have to admit that when i first um i i was initially very confident that the yankees were going to keep judge and then all these because because it just felt like one of those things well you have to pay him you have to pay him. You have to keep him in New York. He is the face of your franchise moving forward. He is the, he is a talent. He is like a cornerstone. But the louder and louder that these Giants uh, rumblings get, I am wondering if maybe uh, Aaron Judge wants to return home. Uh, who knows? Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we're going to go through one more, actually two more quick stories uh, of no, of, of, in my mind. And, and you know, we'll do this segment moving forward with no credentials required. A segment called Odds and Ends. And I got two stories real quick. Uh, one from the NFL, one from the NHL. Ooh. And uh, the first one's from the NFL. i talking about Russell Wilson, who just can't seem to keep himself oh. out of the news. But I guess this is for, uh, an, a, uh, a snippet from an article. Uh, I'm not sure it was on Barstool or some other website. It was on the Pardon My Take Twitter page. But it has this quote from Russell Wilson, and uh, I'll read it. It says, uh, and I quote, uh, Wilson's life is a continuous battle against what he calls wasted, quote, wasted seconds. The biggest culprits are eating, sleeping, and, yes, using the <clears throat> facilities. Oh. And, he go- and he goes on to say this. It's theoretically possible to design a diet and fitness routine so efficient that your body no longer creates waste. Wilson says as he downloads his number two app onto my phone. I might wear number two on my chest, but my goal is to reduce my need to BM 
down to once a week and BM being bowel movement. Right now I'm at a loading phase where I only allow myself to make on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It really, it's really improved my energy levels and sex drive. Plus the internal waste provides more cushioning against the violent impacts I see on Sundays. Not sure if this, this will catch on, but Hey, can't argue with the results. Oh man. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that is real. He he wears number three on his chest, first of all. But <laughs> but that's that's, a, that's number one and a number two at the same time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I if that is true, then that is absolutely mind-boggling. Aside from the fact that there are things coming out that Subway canceled the dangerous sandwich. They're just there's just so much going on around Russell Wilson right now. One, one of the one of which the things are uh, his former teammates Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch are on a podcast. They're claiming that they can't get a hold of him directly. Uh, Marshawn Lynch says, "I have to call your manager. I can't get a hold of you on the phone, which doesn't add up to me, especially if I went to war with you." Um, something something is up, but I. I don't know if that's if that's real. That that is unbelievable. I I, I don't think it's real. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's, no it way. can't be real because there's the fact no that we, we, he's it's such it's becoming low hanging fruit to yes just just pile on to Russell Wilson because oh, he's, yeah yeah he portrays himself as being this like a posit, super positive guy. It's, yes. it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of cheesy, but at the same time, it's like unintentionally funny yes like his uh like his his, his, and his sandwich did get taken down from the from the subway menu so yeah the dangerous sandwich (laughs) is no longer a fixture at uh at subway Subway. not that i would want to go there anyway because subway (laughs) i'll take him over mr sub but uh, not much else so the other story is from the nhl and I don't know if you knew this, Dustin, but Phil Kessel played in his 990th consecutive NHL match yesterday as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. And and what's funny in that game is that he scored his 400th goal. So that's a hell of a night right there. You break break a record and you set a a landmark, a milestone in terms of goals. He's a. He's a very interesting character, and then there's an there was an article on NHL dot NHL the uh, on ESPN by Greg Wyshynski, and this is one of the quotes from the article. I just found it on uh, a Twitter account called Animals of Hockey, and it talks about different stories from different players who have interacted with him uh, in his mm-hmm. career, whether he was in Boston or or Pittsburgh or or Toronto or Arizona or ne- and now and now Vegas. Yeah. So this is one story, uh, and, and I doesn't say who who it's quoting but it says the second story was at a biosteel camp uh which i presume is a hockey camp for a uh, sponsored by biosteel it says one player came out of the gym swearing and annoyed kessel was reading a magazine while everyone else sweated away and this player who prefers to remain anonymous asked if kessel was going to bother joining everyone kessel replied want to see what i can do he proceeded to destroy everyone else in the leg press and went back to the magazine. <laughs> oh, man. And there's another story another player was telling. I, was, I, was, I think I heard this on uh, – I, I was watching Rod Peterson this, this afternoon, 
um, the Roger Peterson show and they were talking about Phil Kessel and they said he doesn't drink, he doesn't drink water. He, and he's, I guess he's notoriously, he's, no, he's notorious for having a pregame meal of hot dogs and Cokes. Oh man! But hey, nine hundred ninety games. It's working. It's working. I mean, and I guess he's really—he's like one of the strongest guys in the locker room. Like he doesn't doesn't really work out like that's that like that uh like that story said. But it's it's it's, hats off to him. Hats off to him. And and you gotta love you gotta love like athletes like that. Like that uh, to me is uh, shades of MMA fighter big country Roy Nelson. That guy like he would win these fights and they'd be like, yo, let me get a let me get a whopper or something. And that and then uh, Chad Johnson notoriously uh, when he was playing back with Carson Palmer on the Bengals, he had like four two speed or whatever. And, and I remember they were on a game show on like ESPN. It was basically like, how well do you know your teammate? Like the newlywed game. And he yeah. and Carson Palmer crushed. And uh, without flinching, they're like, what fuels Chad Johnson's 4-2 speed? Carson Palmer said, McDonald's French fries and Coke. Go ask him. He'll tell you. And it, <laughs> and it just – some guys have it like that. And clearly Phil Kessel has it like that. And he's been around forever. And unbelievable, and to do it the way he's doing it and play that many consecutive games, unbelievable. So I'm keeping I'm keeping reading this article, and I asked James Ben Reamsdyke uh, from uh, I guess he, I think he now plays in Tampa, uh, but he talked about how he uh, was messing with him uh, while he was playing while he was in Toronto, and and uh, and Kessel was in, was traded to Pittsburgh. He says, uh, my favorite Phil Kessel story is when he was playing in Pittsburgh. It was the first game after he was traded from Toronto. My line's lining up against him on the opening draw. So just to F with him a little, just a little bit, I chop him on top of his laces. Not too hard, maybe 50%. And he looks over at me, doesn't smile, and he says, James, don't forget who made you a player in this league. <laughs> oh, man. And I guess like the, 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 these stories are just like he's a very dry guy, like he's very quiet, very unassuming. But a he cares a lot, and b he's super funny. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess oh, so. Man. Hats off to Phil Kessel. Stick hats tat. off to Phil Kessels. We're gonna get. I'm actually gonna make myself, make myself a hot dog after this. But, oh, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna end. We're gonna wrap things up here, Dustin. Uh, every week we've been talking about your. Uh, fundraiser for extra life. Why don't you go ahead and tell the folks uh, on the interwebs or on a podcast side, what you're going to be doing uh, and how you're, how you're, how are you doing in the fundraiser so far? Oh, well uh, today we just passed a milestone. I have raised $500 so far. So to, those, so to those who have already donated, I thank you uh, profusely. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, uh Let's let's keep on going. Keep the momentum going until my goal. Uh, we are getting close to game day. Official game day is Saturday, November 5th. I will be streaming for 24 straight hours, hopefully, or as long as possible, to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospital. I will specifically be raising money for the Albany Medical Center Bernard and Millie Duker Children's Hospital here in Albany. Um 
So come on by. I'll be streaming on Twitch at LDusto67. We're going to be getting started probably around 9 a.m. is when I usually like to start, maybe 930 uh, on Saturday, November 5th. Hope to see you there. If you have some spare change, please donate. Yeah, yeah, you get the link in there. I've got the link on the YouTube page as well. So yeah, donate. We we want to we'd love to have uh love to have this money raised for uh, a very important cause. And uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure either childhood cancer or cancer of any kind has touched somebody's yes. life. Yes. You know, it, and whether it be immediate family or friends. And you know, we we're hoping we can get this eradicated, but if we can't, we want to help as many kids as possible. Uh, be comforted and have their families comforted while they're going, undergoing treatment. And this is one way you can do that. So it's tech and it's also the donations are tax deductible. So you can write it off on next year's taxes, which is also, you know, pretty cool, but yeah. you're, it's not only tax deductible, you're also helping kids and who doesn't want to help kids. Yeah. Well, what, well, not, what well, not less, le, not less Stroud from the uh, LA Rams, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> F them kids. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it goes to a great cause and it, the money just goes for sick kids who need help here in the area. So yep. uh, please donate if yep. you can. And uh, Ryan, how's that new podcast you've been working on going? Well, that's a great question, Dustin. We actually had delay taping. I think we're going to skip taping this week. I had a family emergency. Uh, everything's fine. Um, I'm hoping my mom and my dad are watching right now. Um, hey. But uh, shout out uh, if you are. Shout out to Sherry and Don McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, last week's recording went pretty well. I'm starting to hopefully gain some support on Twitter. And because uh, we only have right now the only social media we have for the podcast, which is called Have Another Donut. It's New Jersey Devils podcast. Episode one is out currently. It's uh, we're still trying to get on other plat- podcast mediums. But right now we got Spotify. Uh, Anchor is our home base for the podcast. But you can also listen on Spotify, I believe Google Play. You can listen on, and I think we're up on Apple. So, but don't quote me; I'll check it out. But we're gonna start taping episodes again uh, this Sunday. So, look for a release on Monday. We'll talk about the last two weeks in Devils hockey. Doing pretty well. They've won four out of their last five, and I'm excited for what's ahead. So, we'll release that. I'll I'll release episode two. Uh, this coming Monday at 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So have another donut. Check us out. Uh, follow on Godzilla Media. That's where the video podcast will video side of the podcast will be, but it'll also be on uh, your preferred platforms. So we'll wrap things up here. But before we go, want to remind you about our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, no creds, REQ, Facebook.com. If you're watching, give us a like. Also uh, follow us there at facebook.com forward slash no creds req if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell we're at 97 subscribers we're almost at the century mark so i i may have to entice some people with a giveaway if we can get to 100 and we oh, show proof you subscribe that you're subscribed well, we'll see. We'll see what I can do. So maybe we'll do a we'll give it a little bit of incentive. Maybe uh, a little to Halloween to treat. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you never know. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast. Spreaker is our home base for this podcast. We can also listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, whichever platform you prefer to listen on. Rate and review five stars. It's one, two, three, four, five. Fief. 
five stars <laughs> is preferred if you leave a review on anywhere any podcast platform that is reviewable i might even read it on the air so in conclusion as for dustin you can find him at ldusto67 on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. The Twitch channel is where he'll be streaming his 24 hours of video games Yeah. next Saturday. You can find yeah. me personally right here on Twitter and Instagram at whoisryanmcc. So for my co-host, Dustin, Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thank you for watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We'll be back on our regular time, 7 o'clock on Tuesday, reviewing week 8 of the NFL, and plus some other stories. You never know what's going to be around the corners this week. So thank you for listening (laughs) or watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.